Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod. This is episode 169. Today is May 5th, 2013. I say that so you know when it was recorded. Of course, you're listening to it on whatever day it is. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I have a guest today, Victoria Libertore. Libertore, I can't remember. She coached me. I messed it up. Oh, well. Uh, Victoria is a friend, an artist, a... Uh, mentor, a teacher. I've taken classes with her. She has a new show opening uh, Friday at Dixon Place. It's called No Need for Seduction. I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited about our conversation. But first, I want to check in a little bit. Uh, I'm feeling like approaching this podcast a little bit differently uh, again. Um, back when I first started it, back in 2006, something like that. Maybe it was 2005. I should look that up. Uh, it was more of a sort of personal sort of journal type thing along with activism and music and and there was a more of a balance i over the past couple of years i changed it to just music which in all honesty slowed me down a little bit and made it a little harder to pull things together um i feel like it's a more of a natural progression now to make it back to just what i like and things that excite me and interest me so um with that in mind michaelherron.com is my website um, I just did a show here in New York of my own work, which is really a great moment for me. <laughs> it went really well. And uh, so you can read about that on my website. I think I'm going to play a, a recording from it at the end of this podcast after we hear from Victoria. Um, but my approach to the podcast is going back to being a little bit more relaxed. I'd like to do it more frequently, and I hope this will help. And um, it's going to be about things that I love. And uh, things I like to share. So with that in mind, Oliver Arnolds, who is one of my favorite composers, uh, has a new album out. And I just got it yesterday. It's been out for a while. Um, it's great. My God, <laughs> it's really good. Um, oh, I can't remember the the composer. Nico Muley did a lot of orchestrations on it. So he has this great balance. He's from Iceland, P.S., this great balance of um, sort of classical feeling music and loops and atmospherics and electronics and then this sort of crunchy percussion thing happening. I love his music so much. So I'm going to play a couple tracks from this album. Um, they kind of blend right into each other. They're called Hands Be Still and Only the Winds. So after those two tracks from Oliver Arnold's new album, For Now I Am Winter, we'll hear from Victoria. Thanks for listening. Oh, MikeyPod.com. And you can email me at MikeyPod at gmail.com. Here's the music.
Joining me on the podcast now is Victoria Libertor. Right. Hey, you got it. Very <laughs> good. Slowly, I broke it up. <laughs> and uh, Victoria is a, a she's a bunch of things. You're a performance artist. You're a teacher. You're a writer. What? Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm a performance artist. We should. That should be our. First I used topic. to think I was, and I don't know that I really am. I have been like having that. I've Dude. kind of been saying theater artist, and sometimes I say actress. I used to hate the word actress, and I'm trying to embrace it more or yeah. actor. But um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm any if I'm experimental enough or on the on the cuff enough to be called a performance artist. It's weird because I'm having the same thing where I'm like, am I a performance artist or am I just? Yeah, like it's hard. Yeah. Uh, is it us thinking that or is it really performance art needs to be that specific? I think it's ultimately whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just not identifying with. I mean, I love going to performance art, but I'm not a, identifying as a performance artist as much. Yeah. There's so a I've kind of been saying theater artist solo artist actress writer love it so anyway she is all of those things and she's here now <laughs> so I you am. have a show opening super soon at dixon place i do in just about 10 days Woo! no need for seduction yeah. is the name of it and it's a world premiere at dixon place it is and it was a commission too right it is a commission which has been pretty incredible yeah that's really it's a big deal right or am i just imagining that I mean, it's a big deal to me in my life. <laughs> you know, I first performed at Dixon Place in um, the late 90s. And Ellie asked me if I wanted to do my show in the Hot Festival. Or it might have actually been 2000. And so, you know, it was such a big deal. And that's what I love about Dixon Place is they give people of all backgrounds, all levels of experience, a mm -hmm. place to perform. And so I said, yes. And then, you know, 13 years later, now I get to be a commissioned artist, which means I get paid a nice chunk of money and provided all the structure of some rehearsal space and, you know, the tech and the lighting and them handling all the tickets and program. So it is... Yes, to me it's a big deal. And three yeah. weekends, which is a really big deal. Because usually I do one night or two nights. So to get three weekends is really nice. Yeah, that's super yeah. exciting. Thanks. I'm excited to see the show because I've um, only seen you do your Liza stuff, which is yeah, great. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I, you know, I do these different aspects of performance. And yeah, so we've interacted when I've been Liza and so this is very different. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's me up there. No wig. Oh, no wig. Forget <laughs> it. I'm not going. <laughs> so tell me something about the show. Like what can you do you have like a nugget of what it's about? I should have a nugget of what it's about. Um, I would say it's about what it's become about is commitment and, and the fear of commitment and how one can almost let their past sabotage their present. So it doesn't sound so fun, but it's also funny. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Is it? So, it, you know, my girlfriend and I are on a trip to Bali and it's two and a half years into our relationship and she's going with the intention to propose. And in the play, 
I'm going with the intention of, is this going to work? And so, you know, it, I've done memoir work in the past and with Lee, Lee Fondakowski and I have done is taken this memoir piece and are crafting it into an event that occurs on stage. So then you, you know, you figure out how much is true or not true or if that even matters. I mean, it's all true to me. Right. That ah, I'm so excited. So (laughs) and your director, Lee, is uh, one of the creators of the uh, Laramie Project, right? She is. Yeah. So that's a pretty cool yeah, it's been incredible. Board. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And she also brought on board a woman named Sarah Lambert. And so the two of them, Sarah's doing the set, but both of them have been serving as dramaturgs. So for the past two and a half weeks, we've been just pouring through the script, editing, restructuring, um, finding the different through lines with it. So I've never, I've never opened up my writing so much to two other people, especially as two other people that are as accomplished as them and experienced. Mm -hmm. And so that has been really incredible to just open it up. And also it being a person, my personal story, you know, and having people getting their perspective on me as a character in the play. Right. Oh, that's interesting. And it's yeah. solo work in my sort of limited experience of doing it is sort of a solitary feeling thing. And then you now you're you have a, I wouldn't say a staff isn't the right word. Creative, <laughs> a creative staff. Yeah. A team. Like yeah, I yeah, say yeah. like a production team or a creative team. Yeah. Was it hard to make that step toward allowing other people's input into your work? Well, this is my sixth solo show that's a full length piece. And so I've pretty much always had a director and somebody through the writing process where I'm giving, um, having them give feedback, but I've never had it like broken open in such a way. Mm-hmm. So that part is new. And um, I had, you know, it's, it's actually, I was afraid that I'd have resistance and I felt very open to the process. I mean, maybe cause Lee, you know, <laughs> created the Laramie project. So I'm like, all right, this woman knows what she's doing. You right. know, <laughs> I didn't find her on Craigslist. So, um, I've had a lot of trust, but it's, and now we're just now getting to the place of really staging it and finding, I, I also, Lee really pushed me to do more character work in it because I, when I started to create this piece, I was just going to do it as me saying what happened. And she, I think smartly is like, let's make this more of an event on stage that Mm -hmm. happens. So there's more conflict happening. And so the other characters point of view start to come in more, which I think rounds it out more. That's interesting. So we'll be seeing you portraying other people yes i wonder how many other people (laughs) i'm portraying my girlfriend jen the two women in their 60s we went to bali with marcia and yoli all three of these women have new york accents which is not my strong point and then uh, made who was the balinese man who drove us around and then my father and mother Wow. How many, how many was that? One, two, I three, four, count. five, six. <laughs> and That's then the goddess, awesome. the goddess Kali. 
so the seven so, all together. Yeah. One of yeah. one being a goddess, which Right. <laughs> sure, why not? And she has ten incarnations, so <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. that brings us up to seventeen. Yeah, honestly. there you go. Or is it so, I think it's a lot of archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny you should mention archetypes because I wanted to sort of like jump into that topic too. Sure. My first interaction with you was as a student in your um archetype class. I forgot mm-hmm. the whole name of that class, performing archetypal uh, performance workshop. Yeah, so there's that whole other level to what you do. Is that a, is it even a separate level? I guess it's not really. You know, I think it might be because when we were doing a run through today at the end of it, Lee was like, "Okay, that's great, but now we need your shaman." Because I was kind of doing it like an actor approaching doing it and, and being, you know, somewhat naturalistic and doing it. And she was like, OK, but now it's time to move energy in the way that you can do. Right. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> we should talk about like what archetypes are, because in all honesty, and I don't remember if I ever told you this, like the first I signed up for the class purely on instinct right and like feeling sort of led to do it i had no fucking idea what archetypes were for like the first half of that class yes you did tell me that which cracked me up yes (laughs) i was just like oh sure yeah archetypes yeah i love them (laughs) yes well archetypes are in my experience um You know, there's different approaches to it. Like I first came across them when I studied Balinese mask with this guy, Per Bra, who would go to Bali and have masks made and come back. And he would have masks that were like a set of clown mask or angel mask or ex-convict mask or opera singer mask. And all the masks are to bring different things out of you. Oh, a puppy just walked in the room. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hi, puppy. And so I studied with them for off and on for like 10 years and put on these masks and feel the energies of it. And then I read Carolyn May's Sacred Contracts all about archetypes. So archetypes simply are either prototypes. So like if I say the word prince, you and I are probably going to have a similar image or idea of what a prince is or a princess or a witch, a king, a queen. And then you get into more um current archetypes like the rebel could say the artist the teacher the student so they're kind of prototypes but then carolyn mace believes that they're actual energies out in the universe that you can tap into and then that gets into the all the carl young stuff so yeah i teach about archetypes and i was forgetting to use them today oh uh, yeah <laughs> and you like for each of the characters you play are you thinking of a particular archetype yes well now i will now <laughs> that i remember that i have this whole concept of doing this work and performing but I totally it's so funny I totally forgot yeah that's it's really cool that you have a director and it's just why you like one of the reasons you chose her that she's connected and into that sort of no not exactly I mean she's definitely open to all that but I wouldn't say that that is her I mean she you know I'm learning how she works right now but because now we're moving out of the the writing process and then into putting it on its feet which is good because it's 10 days away (laughs) nothing like (laughs) the excitement of the pressure but um 
she no but she just knows me and she was like you know I'm not seeing you there was one moment today in rehearsal where I took on Kali's energy at a place that it's not written in the script and Kali is the goddess of death and destruction so there was this moment where I was talking about her and I did the gesture for her so I did the physical form for her which you could say is like an archetypal form and after we did the run through Lee was like oh like that was so powerful. Let's find that with all the other energies. So it's your shaman. And so she just caught, you know, she is very perceptive and intuitive as a director. So she tapped into like, oh, yeah, I'm not just like an actor sitting out here being actory. Like, let's move <laughs> these energies, you yeah. know. So that got me excited again, because I don't know if you had this when you just did your piece with those moments. Well, you seemed pretty positive all the way through. But I have moments in my work where I'm always like. I don't want to do this, you know, like, yeah. I'm like why am I doing this? <laughs> and then I find what the like hook in is again, that I'm excited to yeah. share with the audience. Wow. Do you have those moments while you're performing? No, thankfully. Yeah. Not that I can think of. It's usually the rehearsal process. Yeah. Also, you know, when you're doing the solo and you're in the room with one other person or two, there's like a certain artifice that you have to get over for me, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's so awkward at first. <laughs> yeah, it does feel awkward. Yeah. I'm glad to, like these are the things that I love hearing. Not that you're feeling awkward, but <laughs> that I'm not the only one feeling awkward. And right. someone who has the experience that you have still feels awkward in those moments. I do. I do. Especially starting out, you know, when you go from like the table reads to like the standing and acting, it's very like I'm acting now, you know? And so <laughs> then, yeah, until I think it's just whatever that hook in, if it's a physicality, if it's a voice, if it's like a motivation or intention. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> Yay. And the whole thing takes a lot of it takes place in Bali. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, I don't I don't I think you may have. I can't remember now. I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that that's a perfect place for us to wrap up our talk. All righty. Did we leave anything okay. out? Is there anything I should have said? Well, we can talk dates. Oh, we should say it's a Dixon place. Probably. Oh, yeah. oh we, we talked about Dixon place and it's three weekends. May 10th, 11th, 17th, 18th, and 24th and 25th. I accidentally booked it over Memorial Day weekend. So <laughs> if there are people in town or staying in town, that's a good time to come. Bring your family. Um, yeah, bring your family. It's family friendly, more or less. Uh, 7.30 for the lesbians that need to get back to Brooklyn. <laughs> nice. It's easy to get back to Brooklyn from Dixon Place. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, your website is howlingvic.com. It is. And uh, the show is called No Need for Salvation. Go see it. Or seduction. So, no, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> but I love that. No need for salvation. It's That'll probably... be the follow-up show <laughs> in five years. <laughs> you can change the name. Just change it to this one. Change this one. I love uh, it. Well, thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Thank right. you.
That was The Art of Noise with Snapshot from the album Who's Afraid of the Art of Noise. 1984 that came out. What? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, so thanks, Victoria, for joining me on the show today. Um, no sooner did I say that that would be... Uh, I'm switching to a more relaxed way of doing the show than I had like the most random audio issues with that interview. So apologies that the quality may be not so great, but every time I apologize for that, you guys are like, what? We didn't notice, so maybe I'm picky. Thanks for listening, and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> There'll be a new show when there's a new show. MikeyPod.com is where you can find information about me. Uh, also, MichaelHeron.com if you want information about my solo work. And um, Victoria's site is HowlingVic.com, and her show opens at Dixon Place, which I guess is DixonPlace.com. All these links will be at MikeyPod.com. Let me know what you thought of the show, and I'll talk to you next time. Oh, I forgot. I'm ending with a song. <laughs> and this is me. This is from my show that was at uh, Judson Memorial Church. This piece is called Mango. And if you want to see a video of it, it's on my website. I put it on Facebook. It's pretty much everywhere. It's on YouTube. I put it on Vimeo. <laughs> it's everywhere. Watch it. Uh, if you like it, share it. Tell people and uh, that'd be great. Okay, bye. at Whole Foods, Union Square. It's my first summer in New York. So alone and and needing, but not gonna say so. Even to my own heart. So I'm standing at that line, one or two things in my hand. I don't remember what. Not like I remember this guy's arms. iPod strapped around his plump right bicep, slightly flexed. He was holding a cup of fruit salad in his hand. My eye lands right there to where the strap was holding it back. And I'm so captured, you know? My awareness shifts, reminding me that there's a person there attached to that slightly hairy forearm and plump right bicep. Sure enough, I look up. He's looking right into my eyes. I mean right into my eyes. Is he pissed? A smile spreads across his face, and he keeps looking into my eyes, deep. So I whip out my phone and start faux texting, the only way I can think of to disappear while keeping my place in line. But then when I glance back up, he's still looking into me, like his eyes had been looking at me 
even when I was looking at the phone. Want some? What? Want some? <laughs> I see that the hand attached to the slightly hairy forearm attached to the plump right bicep with the iPod strapped around it is holding out his cup of fruit salad to me. Look at him, strangely embarrassed that I don't have a fork. Okay. So I come back with a slightly too large cube of fruit that makes it hard to bite while hiding my imperfect teeth. Is that a papaya, I ask? I stumble out something about the two being similar, and he agrees. to the register to pay for his fruit salad. And I'm left standing nervous and alone in the strange crowd of people. He pays, picks up his fruit, and heads out the door without looking back. <laughs> 